This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. The day my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. As you're being seated, if you would, turn your Bible to Mark chapter 2 and also Isaiah 53, Mark 2 and Isaiah 53. I want to challenge you and to remind you that in your daily prayer time, in addition to the things that you're mindful for and praying for you, your family, your loved ones, those you know, our church family, I want to, especially a day like today, I want to remind you that as Christians, part of our duty is to pray for those in leadership and authority. We live in dangerous and precarious times, and so I want to challenge you to pray for our nation, pray for our leaders, pray regarding what's going on in the world today. I was so grieved in the past few days to see that in New York City, they were telling the Jewish community to shelter in place. We live in dangerous times, and so we've got to pray that our leaders and our nation that they would come under great conviction, that they would do what's right, and that they would have wisdom regarding these challenges. We've been in a series entitled Miracles of the New Testament, walking through the Gospels, looking at the miracles of Jesus, learning the patterns and principles of those miracles so that we can believe God, receive from God in our lives. Soon, we'll go to the book of Acts, but after dealing with Jesus in the fig tree two Sundays ago, it seemed good to spend some time dealing with our twofold redemption in Isaiah chapter 53. Our Heavenly Father wants us to be healed just as much as He wants us to be saved and in right standing with Him. And this is a Bible fact. Jesus Christ paid the price for your healing just as much as he did for your salvation. Now, in our minds, I think most of us, I, I grew up in church my whole life, and I grew up full gospel church, but for most of us as Christians in 2023, I think we'd all be of the agreement that it's no big deal to believe God for forgiveness. It's no big deal to believe God for salvation. But when it comes to healing, that seems to be a more difficult thing. And even among us full gospel people, we, we pride ourselves on believing that God does miracles today and that God heals today. And yet, it would seem that when it comes to healing, it's more difficult for us to believe God. But it shouldn't be. The Apostle Paul told us that we have to renew our minds to the Word of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He paid the price that we would be saved to the same degree he paid the price that we would be healed and made well in our bodies. An example of this is in Acts chapter 14. In Acts chapter 14, Luke 
tells us about the Apostle Paul preaching the good news in the city of Lystra. Acts 14, beginning in verse 8, In Lystra there sat a man crippled in his feet who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed. And he called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. So Luke tells us in verse 9 that Paul saw that this man had faith to be healed. Yet in the Greek, in the New Testament, the, he the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament, great majority, was written in first century Greek. In Greek, the word translated as healing is actually the word for salvation. So Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit and recording what he saw traveling with the Apostle Paul, Luke wrote that Paul saw this man had faith to be saved. You might say, well, Austin, why do translators translate it as him seeing that the man had faith to be healed? Well, because of the context. But what I want you to see from the Word of God is that salvation and healing go hand in hand. That to us, one thing may be easy and one thing may be harder, but to our Heavenly Father, it is both His nature to save and to heal. Salvation and healing go hand in hand. They are two sides of the same coin. And this is an example of it. This is biblical proof and evidence that our redemption and our salvation includes the healing of our physical bodies. This is biblical proof and evidence that Jesus Christ paid the price for our salvation, but he also paid the price for our healing. And just as much as our Heavenly Father wants us to be forgiven and saved, he wants us to be healed and made well in our bodies. Salvation and healing go hand in hand. Not one time in four Gospels did Jesus ever make anyone sick, yet people would have you believe that God makes his children sick to teach them something. Not one time in four Gospels did Jesus ever deny anyone healing, yet people would have you believe that healing is not the will of God, or that it is not always God's will, or that healing is not God's will for everyone, that it's just the luck of the draw, the great roulette will in the sky. Not one time in four Gospels did Jesus ever tell anyone that it was not the will of God for them to be healed. So what we have to do is do what Paul said, and that is renew our minds to the Word of God. Now, why do we struggle? Well, we struggle because we haven't renewed our minds to the Word. And one way that is manifested is often when there is a challenge, we will look to every source and every remedy but God, and we save God for last. Now, if we believe what the Word says, and if we believe that just as Jesus paid the price for our healing to the same degree he paid the price for our salvation, would we go to God first or would we go to God last? We would go to God first. And if we believe what the word says, we would go to God first and not last. Isaiah 53 and verse 4, reading out of the King James, says, surely he, and so Isaiah saw and prophesied regarding the Christ, surely he hath borne our griefs. Now the word there in the Hebrew is koli, which actually means sicknesses and diseases. And last Sunday, we, through much of the service, gave you one example of 
the best of Hebrew scholarship and literal translations on this to support that. You might say, well, Austin, why in our English translations do they, they soften it here? Every translation has its strengths and weaknesses, and no matter how competent and well-meaning the people are in those committees, they, they bring to them the lens through which they see the Word of God. And so a, a word that all throughout Scripture is translated as sickness or disease, and many of our English translations, both old, the King James and New, like the NIV, they soften it here. But Isaiah wrote, he wrote that surely he hath borne our sicknesses, our diseases, our infirmities, and carried our sorrows. And I know we live in a time. You might say, Austin, I'm discouraged. I'm down. I'm blue. If you're married, ask your wife what to do. She'll help you. That's cheaper than going to therapy or counseling. You might say, Austin, you don't know my wife. I understand that we can be down and we can be discouraged. And yes, our Heavenly Father, P Peter told us, cast every care, every anxiety, every worry upon Jesus. And so if you have a care, if you have an anxiety and you have a worry, cast it upon the Lord. But in the Hebrew, the word here for sorrow is macabre, which means pain. And that, of course, includes physical pain. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and diseases and carried our pain, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Verse 5, but he, and this is Isaiah prophesying regarding the Christ, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now, in the time of Isaiah under the old covenant, healing was a promise. Healing was a covenant promise. And even then, Isaiah wrote in the present tense, with his stripes, we are healed. You go back to Exodus, the Lord revealed himself to the people as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals us. So, so why should we walk, when we have a new covenant with the superior high priest and better promises, why should we walk in inferior results than God's people did under the old covenant? So Isaiah writes, with his stripes we are healed. Peter in the New Testament and 1 Peter 2.24 states this in the past tense, by his wounds you have been healed. Why don't we say that? Say, I have been healed by the wounds and by the stripes of Jesus. Now again, I, in our minds we think forgiveness, you know, I messed up, I'm going to ask the Lord to forgive me. You know, no, no one here has probably doubted their forgiveness or their, doubted their salvation. But then we, we come to the subject of healing and we think it's a hard thing when in fact they go hand in hand. They're two sides of the same coin. Healing is part of the atonement. And just so we couldn't mess this up, Matthew confirms this in the gospel. Somebody might say, oh, Austin, I hear what you're saying. I was here last Sunday, saw all the various translations you and your father used of Isaiah 53. I don't know if you know what you're talking about. Okay, well, does Matthew, who wrote the gospel of Matthew, know what he's talking about? Let's look at Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 14. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, the fever left her. She got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with the word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill. So there's nothing in God's word which is an accident. 
You read further on in the New Testament, it tells us that holy men of old wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So even if someone wanted to say, well, Austin, I'm not convinced, Matthew states it plainly just so we can't mess it up. Verse 17, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and he carried our diseases. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. So Matthew confirms that healing is a part of Isaiah chapter 53. Matthew confirms that healing is a part of the atonement. Say this, say, just as much as my heavenly Father wants me to be forgiven, wants me to be saved, he wants me to be healed. He wants me to be made well in my body. Healing is God's will. And even better, divine health is the will of God. And healing is included in our twofold redemption. Isaiah 53 verse 4 in the Hebrew literally reads, Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. And yes, our physical pains. And you know, my father mentioned at 9 a.m. that you know, he had family. And we, we, my mom has a, has a family member that he, he served in Vietnam. And you know, there, there are times he still has trouble sleeping at night. So yes, we might carry physical pain. We might also carry emotional pain and other kinds of pain. Jesus carried it all. He bore it on our behalf. He paid the price you and I deserve to pay. Born, and so when it says, surely he hath born, that word born means to lift up, to take away, to convey, or to remove to a distance. So Jesus literally bore or carried our sicknesses away from us. It means he removed sickness and disease from us to a great distance away from us. That, that means I don't have it. That means it doesn't belong to me. Now we have five kids and they're getting bigger and we're running out of space and I was trying to drive something smaller and sporty and I just realized I couldn't do that anymore. I had to get a big family car like Jessica. So I got the new one and then someone came and got the old one. It's been taken away. It was loaded on a transport. It went to another state. It's been signed. It, it's not mine. It's not mine. It's not mine. And if I acted like it was still mine, I would be a crazy man. Jesus bore our sins away from us. And he bore our sicknesses, our diseases, our pains away from us. In the Old Testament, the word for born is a Levitical word, which was applied to the scapegoat who bore away the sins of the people. It's the same word used in Leviticus 16.22. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. So the high priest, and again, this was an act of faith. Under the old covenant, their sins were temporarily covered over. The high priest would lay his hands upon the scapegoat, and by faith, he would transfer the sins of Israel to that goat. That goat would then be taken out and turned loose in the wilderness in uninhabited land. So just as that scapegoat bore away the sins of Israel, so too did Jesus bear away our sins and our sicknesses. And the Christ the Healer by F.F. F. Bosworth, he writes that Jesus went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body, to redeem us, spirit, soul, and body. It is a total 
and complete salvation that applies to every area of life. And that includes the healing of our physical bodies. Healing is a part of the atonement. Healing is the will of God. Divine health is God's best. And healing is included in our twofold redemption. Now, I've already given you Acts chapter 14 as an example. So let's look at some more examples of how healing and salvation go hand in hand. Mark chapter 12, or excuse me, Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And I, I gave this to you last Sunday. I referred to it, but let's look at it. Mark 2, beginning in verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard he had come home. So many gathered, there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, now why had they brought this man there? He was paralyzed. He was crippled in his body. He needed to be made well. He needed to be healed in his body. That's why those man's friends went through all that effort. They opened up the roof. They lowered him down in the room. That's why they went through all that effort to get him to Jesus. But the first thing Jesus says is, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, we understand biblically, theologically, whatever the condition of one's physical body what matters is whether or not someone spends eternity with God. That's the first thing. So Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven. But Jesus was not done. Salvation and healing go hand in hand. Now the religious leaders were offended by this. Some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? They, they had no idea who was standing there. The Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who was to come. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, why are you thinking these things, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? Now, now, in their minds, the forgiveness of sins was a harder thing. And that's how I used this as an example last Sunday. But Jesus said, if you're offended by that, watch this, which we'll get to. But I pointed this out last Sunday as an example that we've reversed this today. And even amongst us, full gospel believers, oh yes, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Oh yes, I believe God does miracles today. Oh yes, I believe God heals today. That in our minds, we, we act like, we talk like, we think like, and we sure go to the doctor like. Healing is a hard thing when the forgiveness of sins is an easy thing. And what I want you to see from the word of God is Jesus paid the price for both. And salvation and healing, they're two sides of the coin. And they go together. And you might say, well, Austin, I, I still think this is harder than that. Well, all things are possible with God. And nothing is impossible for the man or the woman who believes God. So what we have to do is renew our minds to the word of God. So he said, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take your mat and walk, but that you may know the son of 
man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. This shows us the nature of God. The nature of God is both to forgive and to heal. The nature of God is to save and to heal. They go together. They are two sides of the same coin. The religious leaders believed that forgiveness was difficult, that it was hard. Too often today we reverse that. We think forgiveness is easy and healing is hard. But friends, forgiveness and healing go together. Salvation and healing go together. They are, the two, they are two sides of the same coin. They are our twofold redemption in Christ. We see the same thing in Mark chapter 6, verse 56. And wherever Jesus went into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. Anyone want to guess what word is used there for healing? It's the same word from Acts chapter 14 and verse 9. It's the Greek root word sozo, which means salvation. And you might say, well, Austin, why do they translate it? We're healed. Because of the context. The point is that salvation and healing go together. It is the nature and the character of God to forgive and to heal, to save and to heal. And you know, none of us have any trouble, if you're born again, if you're saved, whether you've been in church a month or a year, we, we don't have trouble believing we're forgiven, we're saved. Why, why do we have trouble believing we're healed and we have been made well and we have been set free and we have been delivered? It is two sides of the same coin. So the word used there is the same word, sozo, the root word sozo, which means salvation. Healing and salvation go together. We see this again in Matthew 9, verse 22. Jesus said to the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years, take heart, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. But again, the word in the Greek is sozo, which is the word for salvation. So when we, we think of what Jesus did for us and paying the price for us, and Jesus going around doing miracles, the work he did is a complete work for the entirety of our lives. Yes, the forgiveness of our sins. Yes, the salvation of your spirit, the real you on the inside. But not just that, the salvation, the deliverance, the healing, the blessing of your physical, mortal body. Sometimes on Wednesdays, my father has taught on the word zoe, that we have in Christ the life and the nature of God at work in us. The Apostle Paul said that the same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead indwells us. So that's a complete and total salvation. We see the same thing when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter to life. Luke 8, verse 50. Jesus told them. He got there. They had professional mourners. There was a great commotion. The gospel writers say that Jesus told everyone to go out. Jesus told the parents, seems crazy. Don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. She was dead. Don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. And again, the word there is the word 
The root word is sozo, which is the word for salvation. Forgiveness and healing go hand in hand. They go together. Salvation and healing go hand in hand. They go together. They are two sides of the same coin. There are twofold redemption in Christ. Say, say this, say, thank you, Heavenly Father, for Jesus paying the price so I can be forgiven, so I can be saved, and so I can be healed, so I can be made well. You know, when we do an invitation and someone comes under the conviction of the Holy, Holy Spirit and they, they, they raise their hand or they stand and they walk to the front or we pray with them or you're witnessing to someone when you're out and about it, you know, where you work, go to school, wherever you are and they, they pray and they confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You never once finish that and say, wait a second, I don't know if that worked, let's do that again. You never once thought, well, I, I'm not really sure if they're forgiven. Yet when it comes to the subject of healing, we doubt God. And we doubt his word. And that's simply because of all the religion and all the times in which it would seem that we have failed to pray, failed to believe God, failed to get God's results. And I understand that. What we have to do is set all of that aside and go back to the word and say, what does the word of God say? And then believe God. Luke chapter 17, verse 19, another example. Jesus healed 10 lepers, only one. The Samaritan came back to say, thank you. Verse 19, then Jesus said to them, rise and go, your faith has made you well. But again, the word is the word for salvation. Healing and salvation go hand in hand. They go together. They're two sides of the same coin. Mark 10, verse 52, this is with blind Bartimaeus. Verse 52, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Again, the word translated as healed there is, it comes from the Greek word sozo, which means salvation. Healing and salvation go together. They are two sides of the same coin. They are twofold redemption in Christ. Friend, healing belongs to you. And thank God, it does. Our Heavenly Father wants us to be healed. He wants us to be made well in our physical bodies. He wants us to be healed and made well in our minds. He wants us to be healed and made well in our soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions. You spend any time on social media, or you see what's going on out there in the world and the culture, things are not good. People need God. People need Jesus Christ. And praise God for the forgiveness of sins. Praise God for the forgiveness of what's in the past. But this lost world, this lost culture, they need a complete remedy that fixes the problems of now. Not just in the spirit, but in the mind, in the soul, and in the body. And what Jesus did for us, it is a complete and it is a total salvation. You might say, Austin, it's crazy out there. What's the answer? Jesus Christ. And yes, praise God, when we give our lives to him, our sins are forgiven, they're remitted. That means they're, they're canceled out as if they never happened. But is that all? 
Is there more? And the answer is yes. As F.F. Bosworth said, Jesus went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body to redeem us. Spirit, soul, and body. So you can be sound in your spirit with heaven as your home. You can be sound in your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and you can be sound in your physical body. He did it all. He did it all. He did it all. And you might say, Austin, it sounds too good to be true. You might say, because of religion, I don't feel like I deserve it. Friends, that's why it is the grace of God. It's something that he did for us on our behalf. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. It is a gift that is given to us. Christmas is coming up. You know, yesterday, you know, I don't know what came over me, but I thought, you know, might as well go ahead and get out the Christmas tree. My mom put hers up. We got a competition going, so I guess I got to put mine up too. But you know, kids are getting excited. They're going to start their list and all that goes with that. But none of us on Christmas Day, you know, and I, every family does it different. You know, sometimes we would have, you know, the Austin pile. My sister's name is Christina, the Christina pile. I never once opened one gift, saw the others and said, well, all I need is one. I'm, I'm so humble. I'm so spiritual. All I need is one. And I know that by not opening the others, I'm bringing glory to God. I know that by not opening the others, I'm learning valuable life lessons. Nonsense to any of that. And Emily, God bless her, she's three. She thinks everybody's presents are for her. And she tries to open, you know, if somebody else's birthday, she's going to open the presents. Because it's her, it's her, it's her birthday. And so what I want you to see this morning is that Jesus paid the price so that we would receive a free gift from God. And yes, that gift has in the box forgiveness and salvation. But there are many other blessings and benefits in that box. So why not say yes to it all? Why not believe it all? Why not accept it all? Why, why not receive it all by faith? And you might say, well, Austin, you know, I still think it's easier to receive forgiveness than it is to receive healing. The Apostle Paul taught us in Romans 10 that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts. See, we, we get it in our minds that this is easy and that's hard. It's a gift. Receive it. You say, how? By faith. How can you believe if no one tells you what the word says. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing this morning. Paul wrote in Romans 10, verse 14, how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that I'm just as healed as I am saved. I thank you that I'm just as blessed as I am saved. Say this to Heavenly Father, I'm ready and I'm willing to receive what belongs to me. I'm ready, I'm willing to receive healing in my soul, in my mind, in my will, in my emotions, and I'm ready to receive healing in my physical body. So the Word of God is our 
instruction manual. If you've been here a while, you've heard me use this illustration that I, I had a car, and I, I would actually, you know, the, the three months maybe it's cold in Texas. You know, it's cold in the morning and hot in the afternoon. But for three months of the year, it was cold. I, I would complain to Jessica, and I would say, I don't understand how your car, made in America, it's so fancy, it's so nice, it's got a heated steering wheel, and my car, made in Germany, doesn't have that. And then one day I thought, how could that be? And so, you know, with all this technology, I Googled the instruction manual. And now with all this technology, you don't even have to read all the instruction manual. I just did a search, heated. And I found out, even though they should have put the button somewhere else, <laughs> that all along, right there on the side of the steering wheel, was a button that if I press that, it would turn on the heated steering wheel. So the word of God is our instruction manual. So what you have to do is get into the word of God and find out what it says. You might say, Austin, if I do that daily Bible reading, it's going to take me 365 days. Praise God for all this technology. Or as Pastor mentioned, praise God for the app. You know, you're struggling in your, your marriage or family. We've done some of these recent family podcast or older series on marriage and family, you can go direct to what you need and find your answer. God's word is our instruction manual. His word tells us what belongs to us and the blessings and benefits that are in Christ. Isaiah 53 verse 4 in the Hebrew literally reads, surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. So God laid our sicknesses and our pains upon Jesus, and he bore them away from us. That means I don't have them. That means you don't have them. He paid the price. If he paid the price, that means you don't have to. That means I don't have to. If he carried it away from us, that means we don't have it anymore. This is our twofold redemption. And that's why Peter quotes Isaiah 53 in the past tense, by his wounds, you have been healed. It's done. It was done in the past. It was done when they scourged his body. It was done when they nailed him to that cross. Say it again. Say, thank you, Heavenly Father. I have been healed by the wounds of Jesus. So God laid our sins upon Jesus. But he also laid our sicknesses, our diseases, and our pains upon Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 tells us God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. He put our sins upon Jesus. He put our sins and our sicknesses and our diseases and our pains upon Jesus. So by his wounds we have been healed. You might say, Austin, I'm, I'm still not sure. I'm still not convinced. Well, it's no coincidence then that in Matthew 8 and verse 17, just so we could not mess it up, Matthew, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he writes, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. So Matthew confirms that healing is a part of the atonement. Salvation belongs to you, but so too does healing. Say it again, say, by his wounds, I have been healed. As the Apostle Paul tells us, in Christ, all things are yours. 
See, this is what makes Christianity different from everything else. We serve a living Savior. And then the Apostle Paul wrote that in Christ, there was neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, free man or slave, that we are all one in Christ Jesus. The religions and the cults of Rome were for the elite, the select people of specific races from different backgrounds. In contrast to that, Christianity preached, this is for everyone. And they were looked down upon by the elites because amongst the ranks of the church were those that came from every segment of society. But see, we turn that around and realize that Every promise, every blessing, every benefit is ours in Christ. As Paul tells us, all things are yours. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 is another example for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Maybe you heard in church God saying no. Maybe in church God saying for them, but not for you. What does the word say? No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. You might say, Austin, I've heard you last week. I've heard you today. I don't know if I understand it all. You don't have to. Amen means to literally say, so be it unto me. So when Paul tells us that all of God's promises are yes in Christ, for you, available to you, they've got your name on it, you don't even have to understand it all. All you have to do is say, amen. I receive it by faith, so be it unto me. Say, say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you paid the price through your son, Jesus Christ, that I would be healed, just as healed as I am saved. I am ready and I am willing to receive every promise, every blessing, every benefit that belongs to me. I am ready, I am willing to receive my healing I thank you. I'm just as healed as I am saved. I thank you. I'm just as blessed as I am saved. I thank you that all things are mine in Christ Jesus. I thank you. Forgiveness is mine. I thank you. Salvation is mine. I thank you. Healing is mine. I thank you that peace in my mind and peace in my body and peace in my life, it is mine in Jesus Christ. Amen. If you would, bow your heads. You've heard me preach on the goodness of God this morning and all that his son, Jesus Christ, did on our behalf. But perhaps you have never given your life to him. You've never asked Jesus to be the Lord, and the Savior of your life. I know that it's so easy to get bogged down in the daily concerns 
and worries of life. But friends, we live in dangerous, perilous times. Even in a blessed place like this, the United States of America, even in a place like Texas, we live in dangerous, perilous times. This world out there, it'll tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, that's sufficient. It'll tell you that if you're born in America, you're a decent person, that that's enough. The world out there, it'll lie to you, tell you that you can come up with your own path to God. Jesus said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. The Bible tells us we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all in need of a Savior. His name is Jesus. If you're here today and say, Austin, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ, but I want to today. I want to be a part of the family of God. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand where I'll see it, and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, just raise your hand where I'll see it. That way I know you want me to pray for you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. You might also be here today in a time in your life you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know in your heart not been living for God, you have been doing your own thing and you have paid the price. The Bible tells us that the grace, the mercy of God is new every morning. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start today. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I, I want you to pray with me. I want to recommit my life. I want to make sure that things are right in my life and that I have peace with God before I go today. That's you. Raise your hand. That way I'll know you want me to pray with you. You might be watching or listening online now or later and say, Austin, pray with me. Just pray this simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I repent of my sins. I give my life to you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for making me a part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here this morning and didn't raise your hand or watching or listening online, we want to be a blessing. If you're here in the service, after the service at guest services, they have some things to give you to be a blessing. Short book by my father called God's Very Own Child to help you get started in living the Christian life. You may not have a Bible. We'd love to bless you with the Bible. If you're watching or listening online now or later, you can go to the address on the screen. If you're listening, just go to the church website and click Salvation. There's a graphic when you get there asking if you accepted Christ. Fill out the short form, and we'll send you those things to be, to be a blessing. Well, I hope the message was an encouragement and blessing to you today. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you. We, we, we do what your word says, and every Sunday during worship, we do what your word says. We pray over the sick. We anoint them with oil. But I thank you that if there is anyone today here in person watching or listening, and they are suffering in their body, I thank you for your healing power touching them now from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. I thank you for healing them. I thank you for them being made well. I thank you for them not suffering any longer in Jesus' name. And we say to the enemy, you take your hands off 
in the name of Jesus. Healing is the children's bread. And instead of seeing it as optional or special for those who know enough word or have enough faith, we need to renew our mind to the word of God and realize that just as much as salvation belongs to every believer in Christ, so too does healing.